Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hook them up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Fabulous fourth, fifth quarter. Hate the fact that I neglected this all morning long, Rod. But do you know that today, when I hear that funky groove right there, that it says here that it's National Get Funky Day. Get Funky Day. Get Funkified. Funkified. What yeah. is that uh, bed you're playing there? Well, the Cole Dixon is in the house this morning, producing for Ty. Ty's out, not feeling well. Ty's already <laughs> said he's not going to come tomorrow. He's not feeling. He's not doing good. He needs to rest and just get better. You've been sick all week. It's so, uh, Tell Me Baby by. Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's some funky. Oh, yeah. National Get Funky Day. Mm. Hey, uh, we're getting ready for a funky weekend. One of the best sports weekends of the calendar is coming your way with uh, baseball's playoffs. We oh, talked to Bob yeah. Nightingale last hour. Rangers and Astros are in it, and we're looking for that Astros. collision course in the ALCS between Texas and Houston. That would be awesome. Also, uh, Bob told us he thinks the Phillies and Braves, best two teams in the National League, they'll square off starting Saturday in a great series. Um, can I play something for you? Give it to me. Because we just did who said that. Who said that? We were talking about the lame crowds in Tampa where the Rangers went in and won two games and there wasn't 20,000 people there in the game on Saturday. I know the announced crowd was under 20, but they had probably maybe 10,000 people there on Tuesday. Terrible. Terrible. Well, can I play this for you? This was pretty cool. This is Philadelphia last night. You want to talk about a home crowd advantage? Phillies and Braves, this is going to be an epic series. This is what's great about October baseball. Think about this. It's 3 nothing Marlins last night. Bryson Stott comes to the plate. He's got this great walk-up song. Um, Bryson Stott's their second baseman. It's 3 nothing, still a ball game, but the bases are low. Listen to this scene in Philly last night. Wait for it. First pitch, Granny. How about that? They're singing the walk-up song for the wow. for the batter, and then first pitch, grand slam. What's the walk-up song? I don't know what that song is. Cole you knows. know what it is, Cole? What's the they know yeah, it very well. It's, uh, man, I forget his name. I, I saw him last year. I know the song. It's A-OK. I'll, I'll bring it up in a second. A-OK. Somebody will text us on our spe- on our okay. text line, 447-3776. But that was cool. That was really cool. It gets you the chills. The it was great uh, energy. Yeah, man. That place that's playoff was energy on right fire, there. man. Yeah, that's playoff energy right there. I think, I'm assuming that's what it'll be like at Minute Maid Park. It'll be like that in Baltimore at uh, Oriole Park at Camden Yard. Even at noon. <laughs> noon. Uh, mm-hmm. Those Baltimore fans haven't been in the playoffs in a long time. Man, long oh. time. Do we have the song now? There? Cole's got See, it. Cole, Cole's on the, Cole's on the, on, He's quick on on the switch. He's killing it. Oh, I have heard this song, I think. Ty Virtus, A-OK. Okay. Yep. That is a good walk-up song, too. It's a good song. Got good energy to it. I like that. Okay. Especially when you go first pitch, grand, grand Salami. 
Oh, yeah. Awesome. Great scene in Philly last night. Phillies beat the Marlins 7-1. to Rangers won earlier in the day. And I think the Rangers are going to be ready for some playoff atmosphere because they didn't have much in Tampa, to say the least. It better be. Uh, but I love his comment about Bruce Bochy. Uh, Boach is Mr. October, won three World Series with the Giants. Now they're in October, and they're back in it, and the Astros. What is uh, Dusty Baker? What is he then? What's, is Bo- well, Dusty hadn't, October? remember, Dusty hadn't won a World Series until last year. I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, what is Bus- Dusty then? Does he get he, until last year? He had been Mister just just close enough, right? Mm. And he finally got over the hump. Always last a bridesmaid, never a bride. That's right. That's right. Mm. And he could never win that big one. He had chances, yeah. a couple stops, and uh, but Bruce Bochy, as uh, Nightingale said, just you know won three. And it never had the most talent, you didn't think, but they still wanted the great clubhouses, he said. That'll be fun. Looking forward to it. In addition to that, obviously, there's football on the brain. Oh yeah. Uh, we'll talk to uh, Drew Sanders coming up. We've also got uh, love talking to the coach. I always learn something new. We do. His team's really good. His team's really that good. That is not something new we learned. His team has been good all year. It's still, I mean, what was the last? What was the last? Are they off last week? Were they, they off last no, week? No, they, they played Maynard last they played week. Maynard. They were off the week before. No, they were off the week before that. But yeah, well, you, yeah, you were out, I was out. Yeah, last <laughs> so week I didn't when talk we talked to coach. To coach. Uh, yeah. But so what time is E. Hogan? He'll be at uh, Terry Black's in Dallas tomorrow, 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock. Uh, that's our schedule tomorrow. If you're looking for me, I'll be at uh, Terry Black's Barbecue downtown Dallas. And um, we're going to go at 3 o'clock. We're going to do the guys from Inside Texas, Rod. Jerry yeah, Hamilton yeah, yeah. and Bobby Burton are going to do a live stream. They're my guys. You typically do that live stream from the co-op when it's a home game, mm-hmm. right? Yes, sir. Down on campus. And uh, they're going to do that right there from Terry Black's. And then at 4 o'clock, we'll go live with Patrick Davis and yourself from the studio. I will be up there talking Texas OU. And I think Bobby and Jerry both hang out for a couple hours. So it'll oh, be, a be fun. good deep dive into the Longhorns. We'll have uh, maybe some other special guests drop by there at Terry Black's. You know why? Because it's easy to get people to come to Terry Black's. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, they're not coming <laughs> for you, E. No. Like, oh, I'll be there. Yeah, I'll be there. Fine. <laughs> have you had the ribs? I mean, come on now. Mm. The brisket? Let's go. Uh, the, the sides at Terry Black's are just... Some people oh. said that I've never had the beef rib there. A lot of people talk about the beef rib there is like humongous, like Fred Flintstone. It is. Yeah, it's like, yes, it we is. Say it's like a baby. Yeah. If, you cut, if you cut it off, when you cut it off of the bone, it's like having a steak. Yeah, so it's, like I a, say, it's wonderful. I've never had it, but I guess apparently it's like something you got to get when you go to Terry Black's. Well, yeah. you got to share it, though. You need you can't do it by yourself. Maybe you can. You're Mark oh, yeah, Henry. You, you did, you and uh, Harge back in the day did, what, did a show at Terry Black's in Lockhart. Remember? Oh, you yeah. Guys? Oh, it's awesome. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It really was. Still thinking about it. Mouth is watering. Just thinking about it. Well, because Lockhart will host coming up in, in November. It'll be the Bob, barbecue like festival, right? Barbecue fest. Yeah, yeah. they have like BBQ fest now in uh, Lockhart. Yeah, they're doing it big. Doing the big it big. statewide. You know, the, the mm-hmm. Texas monthly barbecue fest yes, is sir. in Lockhart. And Terry Black, a big part of that. So uh, we look forward yeah. to that. That'll be in downtown Dallas Main Street over in Deep Ellum. They call that area of downtown Dallas. Uh, and Rod and, and Harge will uh, Rod and Harge. Rod and uh, Patrick will be back here. I'm sure, Harge might be there too. Hard, but he's not with us. But he's not here. He, he might come by. That's my dog. That's my dog. Love Harge. Yeah. Dog. <laughs> he always had great walk-up songs too. Harge had like ten or fifteen of them. He had a bunch of them. That is our schedule. And then on Saturday, Rod, <laughs> we need you to be out at uh, Cedar Park. Or Leander, whichever you choose, you decide. Ah. It's H E. It's, it's uh, the field house at the crossover. We'll be there. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be good times. Uh, watch party. Damn right. With all the horn crew. Longhorn uh, fans in a good mood this uh, right now before this Texas OU game. Usually Longhorn fans are not in this good of a mood before Texas OU because there's a little bit of anxiety. Uh, you know, a little bit of concern, a little stress going into it. I've never seen Longhorn fans this confident, this comfortable. Heading into Texas OU week in a long time, long, long time. Can you um, can you see a parallel? But because to me, the two big games of the weekend, and apologies to the Aggies because they play Alabama. That's a pretty big game. That's a big game. But the biggest games were at the Cotton Bowl and in San Francisco. Yeah, Niners and Cow, Niners and Cowboys. Obviously, great Longhorns and Sooners. Mm-hmm. 
And for me, in both games, it, it feels like the Longhorns are the 49ers, right? They're this team with an offensive weaponry, uh, arsenal, you know, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Brooks, um, you know, X-Man and, and JT Sanders are like Kittle and Debo. And then you got this Brandon Ayuk who turns into A.D. Mitchell, just in great offensive line, just a lot of weapons. Uh, and then, you know, defense has been playing great. So the 49ers, you know, they're undefeated and they've they've uh, been dominant and have been over 30 points in every game. Then you got this Cowboys team, kind of like the Sooners, right? I mean, uh, Cowboys have dominated some really bad offenses. The Jets, the Giants, we saw again on Monday night how bad the Giants offense is. Jets offense is challenged. And we know the Patriots are challenged with uh, Mac Jones. Now they're facing the best, kind of like the Sooners, right? Stepping up in class. Uh, facing this game, so I, I see yeah. the the roles reversed there. I think uh, I want to see I want to see how the Cowboys can find a way to win this game because they haven't been able to beat the Niners. I think the Cowboys have a better chance than Oklahoma at this point. I think they're closer yes, to the Niners than the uh, Sooners are. But with that in mind, can we go behind the burn orange curtain and uh, get the latest from Rut? And they were all asking themselves the same question: What is behind that curtain? Yeah, all day long we pretty much tried to come up with what the the upset win for Oklahoma would look like because we pretty much talked all week long about the advantages Texas has, advantages in talent, the advantages um, in the schedule. Uh, they've been a battle-tested team. They seem to have uh, most of the advantages in this series, in this matchup, even experience, right? Dylan Gabriel hasn't started a game uh, in the Saturday, started a Texas OU game, and Quinn Ewers has. That usually is a huge advantage for the starting quarterback who has experience in the Texas OU game. And even going to Brent Venable's rematch, make of this roster with I don't know 40 something new players uh, brand new players and then I think 90 of the 120 something guys on the roster are actually first or second year guys I mean this is a total uh, overhaul of the roster he did it in a really quick time but a lot of these guys don't have experience in the Texas OU game so we basically went through the list if if they're going to pull an upset if if that's going to be an upset pulled off by uh, Oklahoma it, Dylan Gabriel, we, this is the checklist. Dylan Gabriel's got to have a hell of a game. He's got to have a great game. One of his best games he's ever had as a college pro. I'm sorry, as a college pro. As a college uh, athlete. No, I got it. <laughs> but I feel like that anyway, NIL. But he feels like that. he's been there so long, six years. Uh, and he knows this offense and is for, more familiar with this offense probably than any other quarterback is familiar with the current offense they are in. I mean, he is intimately knowledgeable of this offense. So if anybody can have a great game in this uh, Texas OU matchup, uh, you know, it could be Dylan Gabriel. Now, I don't think it will be against a really stout Texas defense that is up to the task. But he could go off. If he goes off, that's a way for Texas to lose this game. And if he goes off, the deep ball is going to be a big part of it. Completing damn near 60% of his deep balls in Texas has been somewhat susceptible to the deep ball this year. Turnovers. If Texas loses this game and if there's an upset by Oklahoma, turnovers are going to be big. They lead the Big 12 in takeaways uh, right now, and they have 10 interceptions, which is tied actually for the lead in takeaways in college football right now. I think Liberty, if I'm not mistaken, is the other uh, team that has 10 interceptions. But you talk about the, the lead in college football interceptions, so they're really opportunistic. Since 2000, teams that win the turnover margin, 
14 and 7. And Texas has actually won the turnover margin eight of the last nine games. So it does bode well for Texas, but also bodes well for Oklahoma. So I think Oklahoma, if the turnovers out, out of out of character for Texas, but if they become a problem for Texas, that's another way that Oklahoma can pull the upset in this matchup. And I think another way they can pull the upset is we don't know the extent of the JT Sanders injury. He did look good walking to the pep rally yesterday. He was walking and he was walking, he didn't have a limp. Like he was walking. I didn't hear reports about a boot or anything like that. So he was walking. Uh, So maybe that means he's walking. He can run. And if he can run, I got a feeling he's going to at least play and give it a shot in that Texas OU game. Can he play and be durable the entire game? That's a different discussion. I'm not sure about that. But I think JT Sands is going to end up starting that contest. And we'll see how long he can last with that injury. But that's a concern. The Ryan Watts injury. Both of those guys are day-to-day. That 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 changes the the complexion of both your offense and your defense. I mean, JT Sanders is the biggest matchup nightmare on that offense. Ryan Watts, he's one of your you know your steady, uh, dependable, stabilizing forces on that defense at the boundary corner. And if Ryan, Ryan Watts gets injured or can't go, you're gonna have Malik Muhammad, a freshman in there. And we talked about inexperience, how it is exposed in this game, even though I think he has a higher upside uh, than Ryan Watts. They'll go after Ryan Watts or they'll go after whoever that backup corner is. Could be Gavin Holmes, could be Malik Muhammad. I think right now it's been Malik Muhammad. So that's a concern, too. No JT Sanders, no Ryan Watts. If that is the case, that also could be a reason that Oklahoma gets an advantage in this game. Uh, red zone issues for Texas. Red zone issues for Texas. If Brent Venables decides to pay, play bend but don't break defense, and then just like Kansas did, Kansas stayed in the game with Texas way too long, um, considering you know they had a backup quarterback in there, but they did it because defense, they played bend but don't break. And when they got in the red zone, when Texas had to earn it the hard way in the red zone, they couldn't quite cash in. Texas is 108th in the country in touchdown percentage in the red zone. Doesn't matter as much when you're scoring off explosive plays, uh, but for Texas, in the game versus Oklahoma. They got they got an improved defense. We don't know to what extent. It is improved. Is it much improved? Improved enough to, to, to stonewall Texas? We don't know. We'll see that in the game. But I think in the red zone, that's where you can see Brent Venables really bow his back and try to uh, be stout in the red zone and force Texas into field goals. If that's the case. That's a win for Oklahoma. So red zone issues, field goals, all right, misses. That could be uh, something that comes back to hunt Texas. And I think the last thing would be, and we don't know what this is going to be, Brent Venables has been holding things back, and Brendan Venables just has a hell of a game plan. We're talking about Hall of Fame-worthy game plan. We know when Quinn Ewers sees something on the field all right, during the game that he was not prepared for during the week, that he did not see on film during the week, that Sark did not present to him during the week, he struggles. Sark has already said that. That's what Rice did. That's what Wyoming did in the Bama game, in the Baylor game, in the Kansas game. He knew exactly what was coming, and everything on the field was confirmed all right, by the Film study and all the preparation. So that's going to be the key. Can Brent Venables show something to Quinn Ewers on the field that he is not prepared for? And then you get the indecisive, discombobulated, in, insecure Quinn Ewers instead of the one that looks like a Heisman Trophy finalist. Yeah, present uh, looks he hasn't seen. Now, he has shown the ability this year, unlike last year, to adjust to those as the game goes on. Very true. Uh, because against Rice and Wyoming, and it, it all clicked when it needed to, and they, that could be the case here, too, that they, you know, once he sees it a few times, he can he can adjust. He probably couldn't do that last year. Uh, can I play you that Brett Venables cut we heard a little oh, bit of it. earlier? Yeah. Uh, here's Brett Venables on uh, some admiration for what he's seen on film from Texas and what it's going to take to turn this game around. They lost 49 nothing last year. Here's the OU head coach. To me, more than anything else, it's it's a mindset and it's a focus. You know, being present in those moments, you know, both coaches and players. You know, so, you know, 
coaches are not immune to having uh, a crappy series, you know, of play calling. You know, God, I put them in a bad call. Man, I got us in a wrong, bad start. You know, that's that's a very uh, again, that's a obvious thing, but uh, but uh, so everybody's got to have a, a real focus to them and and uh, you know, all hands on deck mindset. All hands on I like deck. that. I like he's I like he's admitting, and Stark has done that too, by the way. Yeah. Just being, he's like, you know what? Sometimes it's the play caller's fault. I put him in a bad coaches situation. Coaches have bad series too. Yeah, you know, bad play that. call, you know, bad game plan. That kind of stuff happens. Um, and also, something you, uh, Tyler McComas brought this up. He was great, by the way, guys. You got to go check out that podcast. Tyler McComas was with us at that uh, 8 10. He, this he was also, awesome. and I believe, go check out uh, the Horns Twitter account too from my man uh, Jacob. I think he got that posted up there for you cool. too to check it out. Um, but he brought up something that's really interesting. And I've been, and he agreed with me. I said, you're going to see exotics early on because if you're Oklahoma, you got to match the energy of Texas. And Sark comes out in that opening script with a ton of energy, creative, innovative energy, and you got to match it. And I think that's why you're going to see Oklahoma, first of all, coming off a 49-0 last year, so they were embarrassed. But I think early on, because they both understand, Brent Venables has coached in this game, uh, Sark has coached in this game now, they understand how important momentum is and how you cannot allow your opponent to, uh, to maintain and hold that momentum for too long. As soon as your opponent gets a big play that snatches the momentum in this contest, you got to have a big play to take it right back. And I think that's why early on, both of these teams will be trying to snatch the momentum. And I think Oklahoma understands we may have to do it with exotics. Exotics are trick plays or uh, just really um, unorthodox, non-traditional concepts that you normally wouldn't use. Offense, defense, special teams. And remember what Tyler McComas brought up, because he agreed you're going to see exotics early on. Just like I said, they're going to throw the kitchen sink at Texas early to see if they can get on Texas early, get a lead, or to force Texas to start slow. Either way, you're in the game. You can't afford to start off at a deficit in this game early because Texas could run away with this damn thing and become a boat race. Jackson Arnold, my man Justin Wells. Over at uh, Inside Texas, does a great job. Five star recruiting. recruit, freshman. Yes, he was talking about. I was doing an on uh, on Texas live stream with him last night, and he brought up Jackson Horn and said, "Man, that kid's gonna be legit. When he, whenever he's playing, whenever he gets a chance to play, he's gonna be legit, and he thinks he's gonna be a star at Oklahoma." Then fast forward to today, Tyler McComas says, "Oh man, they actually have been running some packages, some quarterback power packages with Jackson Arnold." And think about last week. What's the one thing that Kansas broke out on Texas that worked really well? Triple, Triple option. option run game with the quarterback. Now, if you're Oklahoma and you just watched that last week, right, and you got a quarterback, Jackson Arnold, and Tyler McCombs is saying, I don't know, it seems to me they're working on something with him. They're working on breaking something out with him. And we're talking about exotics as well. He's 13 of 15 so far this season, but he's also got 12 rushes so far this season. I would not doubt there's a triple option package just with Jackson Arnold in this game. That's something I think you'll see just based on what we saw last week versus Kansas, Tyler McComas and what he told us, and just based on my feeling, my gut feeling, that Brent Venables and Jeff Levy, they're going to throw some exotic things that Texas has not seen at them. They had the luxury of doing that because they haven't had a juggernaut opponent early in the season. Good stuff. And I wonder, as you were talking about the red zone issues for Texas, if, if Sark doesn't break out the Red Cat package. Remember, Red remember, Cats. remember Savion Red? Oh, yeah. We saw it in the Wyoming game on a couple of fourth downs. That's a good point. Of course, he's from the Metroplex and was a quarterback in high school, now playing running back for Texas. Maybe some Red Cat shows up in the red zone for the Longhorns. And, um, yeah, both teams, I think, are going to come with things that – 
uh, we haven't seen before. Uh, or if you're Texas, you do what you do really good. <laughs> Just do you what don't you do need really to good. do if you're Texas. But in Oklahoma, I think they need exotics to win this game. They're going to need to do something funky. We will come back. When we do, it is uh, time to talk to Drew, to Drew Sanders. Some high-level coaching from Coach Sanders, the head coach of the Vandegrift Vipers. We know we'll hear the Vipers coming up on Friday night. Uh, we'll get it next. Coming up on Hook em Up. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin, Texas Sports, The Horn. It is Thursday on the Horn, and that means it's time to talk some high school football with the head football coach at Vandergrift High School, 5 and 0 Vandergrift, a dominant yes, 5 and 0. Outscoring their opponents through their five games by an average of 43 to mm. about 14 right now. 43-14. They beat the Maynard Mustangs last Friday night in a district matchup 51-6. to And now they're looking at the McNeil Mavericks this weekend. That game will be on the road. And he joins us on the Vaqueros Hotline. Coach Sanders, good morning. And uh, how are you doing on a Thursday? What's up, Coach? Mor- morning. Morning, guys. How are y'all? Doing great. Not as good as you doing, Coach. Y'all doing real good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah, you guys are uh, putting it on, people. We've talked about the fast starts, and you had another one against uh, Maynard last week. You have to be really pleased with the way your guys are showing up and going to work early in games and taking care of their business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that is – that is. Um, <clears throat> we, we we all know how important it is to have a, have a good start. It, it really just sets the tone for the – entire first half and the entire game if you can come out and be on fire and completing passes and running well and stopping people um i mean it sets the tone so i think we had i think defensively we've offensively we scored on the first six possessions touchdowns and i think defensively we had uh four straight three and outs for Maynard. so i mean it just it's just um you know if you can get to where you don't give them hope that's good stuff Hey, Coach, your offense just seems to be clicking early on in the season. You guys are really finding your groove. What uh, What are your thoughts about the offense? Are you expecting the offense to be, uh, I would say, ahead of schedule, but maybe they're just on schedule. you expect the offense to be where they are right now and be so prolific? Man, that's a good question. You know, I, I felt like we would be um, a good offense for sure, but um, to score, I think we're scoring right now. We figured it out. With our starters, I think we're scoring on 80% of our drives, wow. and I think that's higher than really any college team. I think the best one in college right now is at 63%. Um, and so, you know, I'm just really pleased with our ability to do that. We had three O-linemen back, um, so that was good. We mm. had, the you know, one of the best receivers, I believe, in the state. I think the best receiver, Miles Coleman. Um, and so, you know, I, I knew those pieces would be there. Um, addition to Deuce, Deuce is playing – you know, really well too. Um, so all those things together are just um, kind of the perfect storm of our offense, just being able to move the ball. Yeah, you got the talent. I was talking to some folks about Miles Coleman, and we've talked about him on this show mm-hmm. many times. He's only like five six, but uh, mm-hmm. he's one of those guys. You know, North Texas is his commitment. It feels like though, if he were an inch or two taller, he'd be getting offers from everybody. Uh, he's that talented, but man, the Mean Green are getting a good one. Yeah, I mean, he's just you know everybody that came through. 
you know, all the big dogs came through because of our, you know, our tackle. Everybody was looking at our tackle, who's now, you know, he's he's a Michigan commit, Blake sure. Frazier. And so we really, truly saw everyone. I even got to meet uh, the head coach at Michigan, which was really cool. Um, but everybody came through, and, 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 you know, the ones that didn't want to offer him just were like, Coach, we only are going to take one in their, in their, my, in their words, small receiver, and we already have one, or, you know, things like that. Mm. Um, but, um, man, he just makes plays. He catches every ball that – hits his hands and and in addition to that he's a tremendous punt returner he's he's uh returned another punt for a touchdown this past week and so it's just like a free offensive first down or offensive you know big gain putting him back there at punt return you know we had people kicking the ball out of bounds you know because of that and so we're getting the ball after a 20-yard punt you know it's amazing uh hey, hey coach let me ask you uh since we're talking about the, a lot about the offense i'm a defensive guy so i feel bad not showing some love to the defense <laughs> uh um talk about the the progress of the defense because uh you know the last uh, couple of weeks uh defense has uh, certainly stepped up and uh, made some plays who are the standout players on the defensive side of the ball for you uh, approaching the midway point of the season well you know we um we lost our not for the season but we lost the Couple, a couple of groups. Uh, the defense player of the year, a guy named Alex Foster. Oh who, no! Um, was yeah, he was um, you know Air Force commit, still is of course, but he's out probably maybe until the last week of the regular season, Whoa. and so missing him is missing him the last two or three weeks is hurt. Um, but it's been nice to see people step up and and play well. Right now, you know, um, I can tell you our front is just eating so much stuff up right now that it, that it's not even getting to the linebackers at times. So, you know, we, we've got uh, four or five guys. We, we play in there. Um, Deshaun Morgan has been probably one of our biggest um, contributors. He's just a junior and um, was injured last year. So it's so nice to see him, him playing, but he's a, um, a big dude. He's probably six, three, two fifty. Um, and just is just so strong and understands the, you know, you talk defense, understands gap integrity, understands where he's supposed to be and is always there and then just wreaking havoc. You know, the first play, him and Cruz Carrasquillo, our other defensive end, first play of the game, they get in a double tight set and they both just bench press their tight ends, throw them <laughs> to the side, and they meet in the middle and, and uh, tackle the running back, uh, both of them. So, you know, I mean, D-line just takes care of so much. Yeah. No question about that. Uh, Drew Sanders with us um, every week. Brought to you by Brain Vault and the Brain Vault technology with Dr. Greg yes, Eckert. Uh, not a mouthpiece, it's an orthotic. Play hard, but play safe with Brain Vault. Hey, Coach, the, uh, you know, Rod and I have been talking about a lot, obviously, about the big game Saturday, Texas and OU, and uh, one of the mm-hmm. big conversations is red zone. As a coach, philosophically, what's your belief on red zone offense and defense? What are the keys to being good at both uh, scoring touchdowns, not kicking field goals when you get in the red and certainly into the high red area? Mm-hmm. And then on defense, what's your, what's your, how do you try to force those field goals? Yeah, you know, for offensively, let's talk offense first. You know, I mean, I, I'm a firm believer when you get inside the 10 or so, a lot of people, no matter what, are going to start to do some type of man concepts. And so at that point, you need to be making sure that you are shifting and motioning on every single play to cause just a slight hesitation. And honestly, all it takes is on defense, a slight hesitation, a step in the wrong direction, your eyes going the wrong way. And then that's all the receiver needed to get the leverage, um, you know, that he wanted. Um, and um, so that's the first concept that I've had for years that, that I've believed in for years. And my offensive coordinator, Blake Mauser does an amazing job of that. The next thing in the red zone is, if you've got a great player, 
let's see how they're going to play him once you get inside the red zone. And if people want to play two over one, then you have to be able to run the ball. And if you can't, I mean, it's going to be a long day, you know. Um, And then defensively, it starts with a mentality for us. We have to view that as an opportunity um, to make a big play. And and I have used the, um, the Seattle Seahawks clip um, where they decide to run the ball and the Patriots, uh, Malcolm Butler undercuts that route. I know mm. you guys know that play yeah. I'm talking oh, yeah. about. Super Bowl, yeah. Um, I have, yeah, I have used that that play every year as we install our defense about, you know, using the example of how he undercut it, how he was prepared, you know, how you have to be able to risk and make plays. And so we build from the beginning the understanding that the pressure's on the offense inside the 10, not on us. And so we'll undercut routes. We'll, we'll gamble at times. Um, and then we kind of put it back on them. So we, we try hard to make the kids feel like this is our time to shine inside the red zone. And so I think that mentality helps, but then structurally, we definitely are going to be trying to create something um, off of what they do. And so we'll take what they do. We obviously study it, and then we're going to force them to do something else because we're going to really try to stop um, what they do with the stunt or, you know, with the coverage call or both, you know. Hey, Coach, uh, uh, talk talk to us about your uh, next opponent coming up uh, tomorrow, uh, McNeil. Yeah, I mean, they're doing a really good job. Scott Hermes, first of all, something that the listeners might not know is Coach Hermes, who's the head coach there, was my defensive coordinator for several years. And so you'll see mirror images of defenses (laughs) on both sides, which is really funny. Um, We both use some of the same terms and stuff, so I can just listen, and he'll do the same thing. He'll just be listening and know (laughs) what we're doing. Um, But uh, So it's kind of funny there. But he, I'm, I'm really proud of him and for him. I, he's, I've always thought he's an amazing coach, and it's nice to see him getting McNeil um, turned back in the direction that I know he's wanted wanted to get them. That that win against Vista was really big for them last week. I think that's the first time they've beaten them since he's been there. And um, so he obviously they got a winning record. They're one and one in district. They're obviously heading in the right direction. I will tell you that they've kind of got a youth movement over there. They're starting a bunch of sophomores, and with that. We all know come some mistakes, but at the same time, um, they're pretty athletic and and um, and, and explosive. Um, their probably best player is their number five, Gary, I believe is his last name, and he is going to be somebody everybody hears about. And if you don't know about him, you will because he's going to have multiple offers this off season. Um, and so he's a problem, and really, um, they're just um, playing really hard. So, and we got to go over there. We got to go to Dragon again, or my second home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, they're gonna play there three times, I think, this year. But um, yeah, so I mean, that's that's kind of the uh, scouting report on McNeil. All right. Well, yeah, very familiar with the defensive coordinator to say the least. Yeah, five in, five to go for the Vandergriff Vipers. They're five and zero, dominant five and zero at that to play McNeil mm. uh, tomorrow night, seven o'clock. It's an away game ahead of their big one with Round Rock the following week. Coach, best of luck. Thanks for the football conversation as always, and we appreciate it so much. Best of luck to the Vipers. Thanks, Coach. Hey. Thanks, guys. Always love it. Appreciate y'all. Stay healthy out there. All right, Rod. Got to be safe, baby. Got to be safe. Got to be safe. Mm -hmm. Big win. Yeah, uh, red zone will be a big factor. What do you make of that? I like what uh, he said, said, though, about uh, that most uh, defenses will, they'll side with man coverage or decide to go with man coverage in that short area because, you know, you don't have to defend vertical routes. You can be late in rally. That's why you see a lot of picks and rubs down there, right? Yeah, exactly, right? Because if guys will be in man coverage, then you can run those rub routes, those pick routes. And if you get a guy in motion, all right, at the time of the snap or prior to the snap, sometimes you can just re- you can reveal easily exactly who 
who's uh, what defenders' responsibilities are in that coverage, and then you can work them with the pick route and the rub route. And think about it, you don't need to. You need to create a lot of space down there. He just needs a small window. Well, guys like X Man in motion. A small window, yeah. Even if he's healthy, JT Sanders moving uh, in motion in the red zone at the big mm-hmm. target that he is, high point in the ball. Huge target. Uh, and AD Mitchell. AD Mitchell has shown to be a really good red zone target. Or you just run yeah. the ball. I know Sark talked about, you know, he owned a couple of bad, what he thought were bad play calls. And the weird thing against when Texas played Kansas in that first half when Kansas was forced into field goals. You know, a couple times they started first and goal at the nine, right? They were yep. it was the high red zone, but they were inside the ten, but it was nine yards, which you know sometimes you you know, you, you, Sark even said we we kind of get okay. What do we call here? Yeah, he's in you, purgatory. He doesn't know should we go power here because you're not on the goal line. No, but you're not. You know what I mean? But you're not far enough. Yeah, back we know where they can, get in five to five. It's going to be the Byron Murphy package. Yeah, but then you can't open up the passing game to nine yard line. So you know what what element of your passing game can you get deep into because you only got nineteen eighteen yards to work with. Yes. So yeah, it is. It's challenging, but he he needs to remedy that that issue. It hasn't haunted Texas, and it hasn't been. In my opinion, it hasn't been something that's held Texas back. It's not dragging down the offense because you're so explosive. You score from outside the red zone a lot. A lot. About half <laughs> uh, the time. Yeah, exactly. So that's not a huge issue. But in big games like this one coming up, I could see it being a problem and being an issue in terms of Texas pulling away from an opponent. What uh, what was what was your mindset on defense when you were inside the red zone? I loved it. it. You did? You did? Yeah. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, it's easy. I mean, to me, because like, I don't have to worry about the deep ball. I ain't got to defend all the routes. And that's the, the biggest routes. fear of every DB. Yeah, I don't have to defend on the routes on the route tree. I'm defending like half the route tree, if that. You know what I mean? And, I can, and, I, and if I have good makeup speed, which I did, um, I can be late on a lot of plays. I can rally late. I can, I can actually afford to stare at the quarterback a second longer. Yeah. To see if he's, you know, if he, what keys he's reading, and I can read the three step a little bit better. So I love the red zone, the red zone, because they're gonna throw the fade. The pe- people are scared of the fade. You know, the fade statistically, analytically, is the most low efficiency route to run I hate in the red when zone. My team runs the the fade. It's, it's the lowest efficiency route to run red zone at the pro level or the college football level. There's unless you got a unless you got a Randy Moss or a Calvin Johnson, Chris Carter, grew one of those guys. Yeah, then you could throw the fade to him. But for the most, JT Sanders actually might be one of those guys. But for the most part, it is a low-efficiency route. All the higher-percentage routes in the red zone are in-cuts. They're actually well, in-cuts and, like, quick out-cuts. I know it's, uh, you know, rip and replicate, but hopefully Sark, with his red zone packages, studies what they do in Kansas City with uh, Travis Kelsey, right? I mean, how do they keep getting Travis Kelsey wide open in the red zone? Guy catches touchdowns every night, it feels like. And that's uh, wide and open. no one's more creative inside the 10-yard line than Patrick Mahomes. And hey, this- maybe, maybe they use some third. You know, I'm telling you, when JT Sanders comes back, don't be surprised they use some 13 personnel. You know, Kent, you talked about Kansas City. Kansas City uses more 13 personnel than almost any team that's in the league. That's three tight ends, right? Yeah, one back, three tight ends. With Texas running the Big 12, that Malik Ogbo package, and they got JT Sanders, and they got Gunnar Helm. There Just you go. saying, don't be power, surprised. You can pass. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And if they want to match you with your power set, that means they got a linebacker covering JT Sanders. Take, take that all exactly. I'll take that. Or if they just choose to leave their nickelbacks and sub packs on the field, then you got 13 personnel. You can just run it right well, down. That's the, the thing. You know, t- Texas, as you've given the numbers, have struggled in the red zone. But 
you feel like it's just a moment. I mean, they, they need – you know it's been a point of emphasis this week with Sark. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've got great red zone options, right? They can yes. run the ball out of power. They've got JT Sanders. X-Worthy is almost impossible to stay in front of, mm-hmm. especially if you bring him in motion. Now quick and, and run, too. Yeah. <laughs> now quick and run. Yeah. Uh, so – and then you got A.D. Mitchell's got those long arms and, you know, 6'4 frame. Uh, you should be better in the red zone than they've been so far. That's why I think that it'll it'll turn around. But I'm with you. But obviously is Oklahoma's strategy. Don't give up the big plays. Bend but don't break. Force them to kick field goals. Force a turnover here and there. Maybe Bert Auburn misses the field goal or two, and all of a sudden it's a it's a it's closer than you need to be. You're hanging around. Yep. All right, we come back. What's popping? What's popping? That's right. We'll tell you what uh, is coming up today and the night, including day 49 of 50 straight days of football. We got we got you. What's popping? Uh, do we even call it what's going to happen on our nation's capital tonight? Football? Do we call it that? <laughs> it's That's professional football. Maybe we'll see. Coming back. What's poppin'? Brand new whip just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that flight stocking. Just joshing. I'm spending this holiday. This national Get Funky Day, so get funky. Get funky. I'm not sure what the definition of funky is, Rod, but because uh, I am so funky. Not B.O. funky. Like, yeah, I don't should, be B.O. funky. You shouldn't be funky early in the morning, so no B.O. funk. We're talking about like getting funkified, like uh, the, the genre of music, which is a dying genre of music. Funk is one of those We want the funk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did speak funky. funk era. Yeah. I drove myself all the way down to the outlet mall this week to buy the uh, cologne that I like. Oh, you? St- oh, really? What kind of cologne do you wear? This is interesting. I don't uh, know. Uh, I, it, it, what is it called? It's a it's a brand. It's Periellis. There's a Periellis outlet store in the uh, uh-huh. outlet mall. Now, how long has this been your go-to fragrance of choice? Just the second time I bought it. Uh, and how long? Like, what's the period? We talking years? A couple years. A few years. So you definitely yeah. don't use a lot of cologne then. No. Okay, this is good because some people use too much cologne. Yeah, I was just down in Bob Cole's studio. I'm throwing you. <laughs> you won't name any names. You've been in that studio, oh, Cole. Oh, yeah. 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 Some people, you can smell their cologne linger after they're gone. That shouldn't be the case. You yeah. think you drive far for cologne? Ask Next time you see Bob, ask him what he does to get that cologne because it has going? to be very what is specific. It? Go to Mexico? What no, is it? I, he has to order it online at a special place because it's almost gone. Oh, really? So he's yeah. been wearing it for like a long time. Like he's a, been wearing it for a long time. Like a time. decade? Like how long has he been wearing this cologne? Well, so I bought this stuff and Ooh. I liked it. And, you know, the important part of a cologne is that uh, your wife it's, likes it or your girlfriend, right? I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, they're the ones great. that should probably pick it out. But um, either way. But so I, I was in, at Periolis. I think I bought a suit there for, for uh, something. Oh, yeah. And, uh, nice. They got good stuff at that. It's a smaller. It's that, yeah. It's, it's the only before. thing I go to the outlet mall for. And I will never, ever. Go to the and you'll learn this, Rod. Doing morning shows now, you'll you, like you'll never get your car washed on a weekend again, or try to go to the outlet mall on a weekend. Just because when you go during the week, there's no one there. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, after work or something. Yeah, yeah I mean, I get my car washed. It's usually yeah. my little routine. If I got to run to the outlet mall, then I stop get my car washed. I'm yeah. first in line. You try to do that on, these days on a weekend. Oh, you got oh. line. You wait an hour or so. Yeah. Yeah. No, so right we that. have an advantage that we have in the afternoons. We can do stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. I hanging even, out with the gin pop. I'll, I'll get the name of it, but I did drive down because I don't want to be funky. I don't want to be funky. I, I smell have, good. You know, I used to wear a cologne. The last cologne I wore was Cool Water. Remember Cool Water? Back oh, yeah. That was my go-to fragrance. It just mixed really well with my body chemistry. But I stopped wearing cologne. And honestly, now only thing I really wear 
is basically I lotion, put it on lotion, and I smell like co- smell like cocoa butter most of the time, so I smell like chocolate. But I also use secret deodorant. I'm not BSing. I use secret deodorant. It's a thing. It is strong enough for a man. I but was made in, for a woman. I was in college one day, guys. I'm not. This is a true story. I was in college, did not shower. I was over at a girl's house, and you know I didn't have time. I was trying to get to class on time, so I didn't shower, and I just put on some of her like secret deodorant and just went to class. I was like, I'm just going to class. I wasn't funky or anything, but I was like, you know what? I'm not fresh. I'm just going to class. I had multiple women stop me and be like, oh, what what, what fragrance are you wearing? That smells great. I'm like, I, I, I'm, I'm, what do you mean I'm funky? I got this is my natural pheromones going on here. And I, from that day on, I've been a secret man. I had, had three different. Like, That's two, your secret. I had three different women come up to me and like try to like smell me. Sex panther. Yeah, women smell you? You ever a woman smell you before? That's your oh, sex yeah. panther scent. Oh, man. I'm telling you, when a woman smells you, it changes your life. Like, Sauvage Dior all the way. Yeah. So I, from that point Dior. on, I was like. Perry Ellis Reserve is what I bought. Yeah. I'm all natural like now, it. man. I'm like Matthew McConaughey. All natural now, man. You I go, by the way, butter, if they're smelling you, you're Sauvage you're halfway there. <laughs> oh, yeah? Because <laughs> you got to get close to smell me. <laughs> Well, but it, and you know what that does, right? They get all. Ooh, I know. Hey, so they, I think they're it's not a, smelling you. You stink. Yeah, they're smelling like mm, it's pheromone. So I think it's a pheromone thing. And I, so now on, I don't. I don't wear cologne. I have no cologne that I actually wear. Atta I wear. Boy. I do like body shower, like shower stuff, like shower gels and stuff like there that. There you go. The cologne like smell, the sex panther yeah, like, like, connection. Yeah, like Dove men, Dove men stuff. Like yeah, stuff like that. We need uh, the yeah. sex panther pick of the night. By the sex way, brought panther, to you by my bookie because we got football. We told you yesterday was fifty straight days of football, so we're day forty nine. And you mentioned Liberty is where with Oklahoma as the uh, most turnover prone teams that force the most turnovers. Liberty they got ten interceptions. Yeah, Liberty plays Sam Houston State tonight. Ooh, Liberty, Sam Liberty, Houston. Liberty. They don't want to be state anymore. The Bearcats are just Sam Houston, and Liberty's going to win that game. Uh, yeah, Liberty's actually a decent football program right now. They are. They're four and zero. Yeah, to revamp that. Uh, uh, so I like that. I like that Liberty team. Now the line is twenty one, Rod. Ooh. But I was talking to my buddy Mike Craven. And by the way, Mike and I will record today our. Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma preview edition of the Eyes on Texas multicast. That'll be popping. It'll be dropping tomorrow. But uh, he was down doing a thing for Sam Houston on Sam Houston for Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. And I was like, and he was like, man, the, the fans are mad. Because remember, they just won like the national championship at the lower level. Uh, okay. But apparently they're mad that they're 0 4. They're like, what? We're supposed to, we just won the national championship. So hey, this fan base is having are, a hard time getting their head around not being. Oh, your good players are gone. That's what happens. <laughs> right. Well, and now you stepped up in class. Ah, uh, that's just. You're playing a new level. Is. Yeah, that's more what it is. I was like, their fans are mad. They don't, they don't understand. No, no. They're, they're used to winning. They're used to winning. They don't like losing. So they, should, they drop down to the lower level and keep winning rather than go to the higher level and start losing. You also have Western Kentucky and Louisiana Tech tonight. That's at uh, Ruston, Louisiana. That's football. And I guess we'll call it a, a professional football game tonight. The Bears playing the Commanders. There will be how many sacks? What's the over over under number of total sacks in the game? Considering these are two of the most sacked quarterbacks would, in all the NFL. I would list the over under at about it's double digits. It's got to be like right eight and a half combined. Yeah. I think yeah. I'd go over though. I think nine and a half is what I'd put it in. I'd okay. go over. <laughs> there will be at least uh, ten sacks in this game. I'm saying. Well, That's keep an eye on this. I mean, Cowboy fans will be watching the the Commanders tonight because uh, you know they got tallywhacked big time by Buffalo. Buffalo beat them thirty eight to three a couple weeks ago, but they had been two and zero before that. And then they turned around and almost beat the Eagles last week got the Eagles to overtime uh, great comeback you know they scored a touchdown uh, Sam Howell threw a touchdown pass to Jahan Dotson on the last play of the game in yeah, regulation cool. to force overtime and then you know Jalen Jalen Hurts led them to, to the win uh, long field goal but this is a team and I'll tell you this for Washington the reason you should go over those sacks of Justin Fields 
that defensive front's nasty, Rod. I mean, they've got they've got oh, yeah. um, mm, they got a uh, they got Chase a, Young is back. Yeah, embarrassment of riches there. Montez Sweat coming off the edge. Those two big tackles. They're gonna sack. On, they they gonna have a lot of sacks on Justin Fields. I would agree. Yes. And but but Sam Howell, their own quarterback, has been sacked twenty four times. It's the most. I mean, twenty. Think about it, only played four games. <laughs> no, this six. guy's going to go to like Dar- David Carr territory. About six sacks a game. That's crazy. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. No matter who you're betting, uh, what you're betting, make sure you buried it at my friends at mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Horn H O R N to get your free deposit bonus. There you go. Check it out. And I also mentioned for you betters at my bookie wherever you're going, Chicago one and nine straight up, two and eight against the spread in their last ten primetime appearances. This is why we shouldn't put the Bears in primetime. <laughs> Never a good idea. The NFL has had some bad luck uh, scheduling primetime games uh, right early on in this the season. This is not good. This season, has, the Jets were a lot of primetime games. Giants were a lot of primetime games. Bears got a lot of primetime games. Last year was the Broncos. And these are been duds. And this will be at the duds. worst stadium in pro football, the FedEx Field there. All Longhorn fans know how miserable that place is when they played Maryland at that game that, that year. Oh, They're going to build a new one now that they got new ownership, though. They, they'll, they'll, they want to. They'll get a new one in the next five, six years or so. Easy. Yeah, I know, have a Super Bowl I know it's not on his reported list, but I just that's that's the place where Caleb Williams needs to land, right? That's his that's his hometown. That'd nah. be pretty cool for him going back home. He he didn't have it on the list. I know. Nah, I wouldn't he put it on the list. New no. owner. Mm-mm. He wants to be in Vegas. I know Cowboy fans are like East. Don't what are you talking about? We don't need Caleb Williams in our division. We already got Jalen Hurts. He wants to be in Vegas. He wants to be in, in Dallas. With the Cowboys. Ooh, he did put that on his he list. He did put that on his list. Man. Hey, he Dak, knows. better play a good game coming up <laughs> Sunday. Come on, man. <laughs> Dak, better bring it. Yeah, how do you I mean Cowboys? How are the Cowboys gonna get to Caleb Williams? You got to get all the way to the one pick. Mm, yeah, it, it takes a maneuver, and they they got no shot. No, you're not that bad. Got to be got to be pretty bad. But you know what? That's that player is so good that there'll be people giving up a lot to get it. Like if if, if Caleb Williams plays the the leverage game and says I'm not playing for you, Chicago, whoever. That, I mean that team's gonna do everything they can do. Maybe trying to hire Lincoln Riley to change his mind. Same time they'd give up. There's a lot of teams who give up a lot. Yeah, the NFL, just, they just better make sure Sean McVay doesn't get him. Like, if that guy gets a player like Caleb Williams, it might be over. If Sean McVay gets he's a hell of a coach. And the Rams get him. He wants to play in L.A. too. Yeah, Matt, I, I was watching Matt Stafford last week. That he guy can good. still throw the darts, man. He can. He looks good. Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua. Puka. And I read where Cooper Cup's trying to get back this oh, week yeah. to go with Puka Nakua. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's and not they, limited. He's going to be available. And they play Philadelphia this mm-hmm. weekend. Get it right. Hey, man, that's in L.A. too. That would be a fun game. Cowboy fans obviously be rooting for Puka. And the Rams. Hey, Rod, have a wonderful uh, Thursday, man. We're one day closer. Tomorrow it's going to be a football Friday. Yes, sir. Uh, Rod will be doing the Ric Flair whoop, and we'll be saying it's 10.57. And oh, you still sucks. Every hour podcast at hornfm.com, including our interviews. Go check them out. Also on our Twitter account, the Horn ATX. Jim Rome is next.